are also Facebook Live here right now, so people who are finding out about that or tuning in, usually we have lots of countries that are tuning in and we're just kind of streaming this service for people. I get reminded all the time, I travel in different parts of the world, they say, why don't you show your Toronto services Facebook Live? They say, we would tune in. I have people tell me that we would be watching. So, well, <laughs> you know, so we're doing it. And there's always, it, it reaches so many, often tens of thousands of people that way. So we're glad for that. So, but uh, that's all I want to say about that. Uh, best of all is to be right here on location on Canada's national holiday. We are celebrating the nation of Canada today. And so we know that... Uh, it looks like 80% of Toronto headed out of town on Friday. Uh, it was very hard to go north because there was a traffic jam till midnight in every direction. But I'm glad that some folks stayed in Toronto or I wouldn't have anybody to talk to today. And it's a great day in our church this afternoon. We're going to have a, a great time as well. And so I'm just uh, talking a little bit here while we are finishing everything up. Are you excited how our church is moving forward and how we will provide this uh, study library research center where people can really develop and you can graduate from our different courses and there will be so much available. This will all be available by September 1st. I can say that to you. So it's not some far off uh, uh, building program. This is happening now. All right, are we all ready? Are we all seated in? Are you comfortable? Can you hear me over on that side? Give me a wave if I sound really sweet to you. Come on. How about over here? Do I sound sweet over here? How about over there? You, 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 you're with me all right? Okay, that's beautiful. How about on Facebook? Everybody wave on Facebook. Okay, I can't see you. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great love. I thank you that today we will have a revelation of how great you really are. Oh, even begin to see it. And Lord, when we see how big you are, Everything that we worried about, it seems kind of small. We thank you. How great is our God. We give you praise. Amen. Amen. I call this the grandest vision, and you are in it. Now, I began to teach you about this when I come back from Africa, but I'm going to do it orderly, starting today. And I'll probably spend a few Sundays the grandest vision, and you are in it. Let's read Jesus' question to the Pharisees in Matthew twenty-two forty-two. He said, what do you think about the Christ? That's the question I like to ask you. What do you think about the Christ? You know, to many people, Christ is just like Jesus' last name. To other people, the word Jesus or Christ are just interchangeable words. You could use one or the other, and they all kind of mean more or less the same thing. It's like our lead pastor's name is Nathan Thurber. Whether I call him Nathan or Thurber, we all know who we are talking about. And so they think that Jesus is like that. Now, some of you who have studied a little bit, maybe gone to Bible school, you will be quick to say, well, Christ is the Greek word for the Hebrew word Messiah, and it means the anointed one and his anointing, and that's certainly good as far as it goes, but I submit there's much more. Look at what, this, what Simon Peter said on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2.36. 
God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. What does that mean? Again, to many people, Lord, Christ, you just kind of use those words interchangeably. One is as good as the other. But here it says there must be a distinction because God made Jesus both Lord and Christ. I want to propose something. Don't get mad at me. I want to propose that many Christians, also known as Christians, we actually have a very limited understanding of who Christ is. Now the phrase in Christ appears 164 times in the New Testament, in Christ or Christ in us. But I propose unless we know who the Christ is, those words in Christ will have a rather limited meaning to us. So the grandest vision that I'm proposing that you are in is a Christ vision. You in the Christ vision. Know who Christ is. Now, you see, there's an expression that we use a lot, and I think I've contributed towards the usage of this expression. We say it, we say it's all about Jesus. We even sing, it's all about you, Lord. It's all about you, Lord. And of course, that sounds very lovely. And we have preached that. And it's true in the context of redemption. That when it comes to righteousness, it's all about Jesus. He is our righteousness. When it comes to wisdom, he is our wisdom. Is it still okay? I sound a little loud to myself. Is it a little bit loud? Turn it down a little bit, please. So I said, it's very important. So just a little bit more, please. Thank you. So when it comes to righteousness, salvation, that the devil was defeated, it's all about Jesus Christ. But then sometimes we take that expression that I and other preachers brought out in the context of that teaching, and we just kind of sing it and say it, it's all about Jesus, or like this Sunday morning, it's all about Jesus. Well, you know, if it's all about Jesus, if it's all about somebody who walked here 2,000 years ago, we're going to have a pretty small church. And limited attention span. Don't look at me like that. It, you, you know, so, so yes, within the context of redemption is all about Jesus. But in the context of the Christ vision, when it comes to plans, purposes, and destiny, it's all about you. You are in the Christ vision. This idea that throughout church history, we have kind of projected the Christ to someone who lived 2,000 years ago in the body of Jesus the Christ and, and, and over there is God's presence. We have missed what the early church revelation was all about. It was that Jesus the Christ, he was the firstborn of many. He was our forerunner and the Christ life continues in us. So it's your vision. So I'm going to cast that grand vision. I, I want to, today, I'm going to soar like an eagle and look down on the landscape. I'm going, to, I'm going to start before time, before anything was. There was Christ. Christ was there before the big bang, and I'm sure it did bang at some point. He was there. And then after everything is wrapped up, at the end of time, there will still be Christ. That's why he is called the first and the last, 
He is called the Alpha and the Omega. And then in the middle of that huge historical perspective, before time, after time, we have a revelation of the Christ who is forever coming in the body that came through Mary's womb, Jesus the Christ conquering every principality and power of evil, winning an everlasting victory. We have Christ in the beginning, before the beginning, Christ at the end, and Christ in the middle. And, and we're going to, when, when, when we see Christ, our eyes are open to who God is and who we are. So let's start. First of all, Christ, the Alpha, before time began. This always hurts our brain to go back before time. What do you mean? What time was it before time? There was no time. There was God. And Jesus describes it. He says, he calls it the bosom of the Father. He says there was God the Father, and he loved the Son, the Christ, the Word. And the Son, the Christ, the Word loved the Father, and the Spirit reflected that love. And out of that union of love, God said, let us, Father, the Son, the Christ, the Word, the Holy Spirit, let us make the earth. And the earth was created and the universe were created. And then said, let us make people in our image. It's beautiful. So before time began, God had you in mind. Ephesians 1 says that before time began, God had you purposed to be holy and blameless before Christ in love. That's before any problem happened in your life. God had already purposed that you would be holy and blameless before him. Come on, that's pretty good news. And so sometimes we don't see Christ in that. But the Bible is very clear. I read first John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things, this is referring to the Christ, all things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. I don't know how we can make it any clearer. Everything that you see, every tree, every freckle, every nose, every person, every dog, every cat, every chicken, the sunrise, everything, every squirrel, or whatever other critter you have in your backyard, it was made by him, by the Christ. Colossians 1, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. By him, all things were created that are in heaven, on the earth, visible and invisible. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things. And in him, all things consist. Consist is, is, is held together. And if that isn't enough, the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews 1.3, he is upholding all things by the word of his power. I, I told you scientists cannot explain, I'll get to it in a moment, how everything is held together. He upholds all things. The first thing we can say about the Christ here is that nature itself is a witness of the Christ. Think about that. Nature is a testimony of the Christ. 
Let, let's go big for a moment. Are you ready to go big? And then we go small after that. Maybe we go big. You know, if you look at our known observable universe, the radius from where we are that we can observe the universe is 46.6 billion light years. That means the diameter of the observable universe is 94 billion light years. How many know that's far away? That's a long way from Toronto or from wherever you live. I mean, that means, that means 94 billion years traveling at the speed of light to get from one end of the observable universe to the other end. I have a picture of it. Put, put the picture here. This is scientists' picture, a map of the observable universe. Look at it. You say, where is the earth? Oh, you can't see it. It's, no, 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 please. Look, I didn't ask you to change the picture. Where is the earth? You can't see it anywhere. It's nowhere. In fact, you can even see our solar system. Our particular little solar system is just one of 100 billion solar systems. It's so puny that you can't even see our solar system. We are some there, somewhere there in one of those specks. Within that speck is another speck and another speck and another speck. And eventually you will get to North York. But it takes a lot of magnifying before you get to North York. Are you, are you getting an idea of this? Now have a second picture. Now you can go to the second picture. The space vehicle, leave it up there for a bit. The space vehicle that has traveled the furthest from the Earth is called Voyager 1. It blasted off in 1977. It's still traveling today. Voyager 1 travels at a speed of 17 kilometers per second. You know how fast that is? That means you go around the circumference of the Earth every 40 minutes. So Voyager 1 is a moving vehicle, are you with me? And has renewable energy, and so it's going. And it sends pictures, it sends pictures. It's still transmitting today. Well, Voyager 1 left our solar system at that speed in 2013. But, but, 1990, now this picture was taken in 1990, it's one of the most amazing pictures you can ever look at. This picture is taken from Voyager 1, 6 billion kilometers from the Earth. Well, it hasn't reached the Pluto yet, but it's on its way, past Mars and Jupiter. And they took that picture. You see that little pale dot? Scientists call it the pale. That's the Earth. Taken from within a speck of the specks of the previous map. So that's where you live. That's where all history, all the bad people, everybody from Hitler to Mother Teresa, from Abraham to your grandmother, everything we know of history, every world religion, every church, every hangout, every addiction, every strife, everything that upsets you, it all happened on that pale dot. You know, when you almost had a nervous breakdown because you were so mad at your boss and you wanted to punch that person, it all happened on that pale dot. Every, that, that's everything we know, everything we study, everything you go to study in school, in university. It's all about that little pale dot. In a picture taken 
25, 29 years ago. Six billion kilometers away. Now by today, Voyager 1 is between 20 uh, to 25 billion kilometers away from the earth. It's still sending pictures, but they're not pictures of the earth anymore. Are you with me? Today it takes 20 hours for a picture to reach from Voyager 1 to the earth. A picture to Mars takes 20 minutes. Do you get the idea? It's far away. But it just left our solar system. Just finding its way into the galaxy. So when we talk about God, how big is God? We talked about all the waves rise and fall at his command. Yeah, I guess that's one small aspect of it. Let me tell you, God is big. Everybody say, big, big. And he holds all things together. You know, have you thought of the word universe? Uni means one, verse means to rotate. It means actually universe, everything rotates around one. Guess who the one is? The one who upholds all things by the word of his power, who is before all things. I'm talking about the Christ. But let's go small for a moment. You know, it's not all that long ago that atoms were discovered. And, but, but, you know, atoms, that there, is, there is electrons and protons and neutrons and and then the protons and the neutrons, they have quarks. And then they found these quarks. And, and there's subparticles. And every time they find a subparticle, they find a, a sub to the sub. It just gets smaller and smaller. It, it, it just, it just gets, they, they just keep looking. And they say, it's getting so small. They even call the, the proton and the quark, they call it a gluon. Because scientists are trying to explain what keeps everything together. What makes, I brought this, look at this. This is a revelation of the Christ. Look at these leaves, what keeps them together? Nobody knows, nobody can explain it. Hebrews 1, everything is upheld by the word of his power. Here's what is an article a scientist wrote in Discovery Magazine, put it up there. The further you study, it becomes simply mystical writing about this very thing, how things are kept together. They say, well, we can study it and say, well, they are kept together, but we don't know how. And the more we look at it and the smaller particles we look at, it, it just gets more mystical. But we have a mystery that's been revealed. Oh, everybody say, Jesus the Christ. Maybe you begin to think, I'm in Christ. Wow, this is bigger than I thought. Now, now, now let me give you more. Let, let me first of all say, so from the space, from the universe, from the immensity of the heavens, down to the very smallest atom and quark and subparticle, everything declares the glory and the wonder of something so infinitely greater than any one of us could ever understand. And so we sing, oh, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. Can you also see that such a God had to reveal himself? He had to reveal himself, and he did in Jesus the Christ. But let me go on. Light is a witness of the Christ. You know, on the first day of creation, 
God said, let there be light. And there was light. And then Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. No, he ain't. He's the, he said, he's the light. And Colossians says, he created all things. And so I, I showed you this picture, but I showed it again. Look at this. I got a third picture. Look at this. This picture is so fresh. It was released April 29, 2019. And to you, maybe it looks like a, I don't know what it looks like. But scientists were so thrilled. It was on the front page of all the major newspapers. This is the first time that astronomers through telescopes, and there are many of them involved, were able to photograph a black hole in the universe. Never been able to photograph that. Here's what they say. This black hole is approximately 500 million trillion kilometers away. Again, don't even think about that distance. It's a lot. It is 40 billion kilometers from one end to the other of the black hole. It's 3 million times the size of the earth. The hole is larger than our whole solar system. The mass is 6.5 billion times that of the sun. But here's why I'm telling you this. The lead scientist, Professor Falke, who revealed this to the world just a few months ago, he said this, put it up there, he says, we don't understand how this light is generated. Please, that, you just take it down because you have more of that that I don't want up at this point. Please, and I'm trying to send it, I'm sending the PowerPoint very clear so you only get one thing at a time, but they still mix it up a little bit, okay? So he says, because I want to teach, and the reason this is so important is that if I put more on the PowerPoint, then you're going to read that and you don't hear what I'm saying. All right, so I always put it so nice that they shouldn't miss it, but they did. Anyhow, it's okay. Uh, Professor Falker says, we don't know how this light put, put on, on this picture is generated. We don't know how. Because a black hole is a huge area in space with such a gravitational pull that no light can emerge. So he's saying, where is the light coming from? Well, <laughs> we're talking about the Christ. The Christ who is the light of the world. Come on now. He says, I am the light of the world. And we can all applaud that and say, hallelujah, he's the light of the world. But then the same Christ said, you are the light of the world. You see what I'm talking about? This is our story. Do you see yourself in the Christ? You are one of the great illuminators. Christ's light is shining through you. It's shining in our hearts. The Christ story is your story. Now, put up the next, next uh, sign there, the next thing I wanted to say. This is very, very powerful. Light is less what we see directly and more something by which we see all other things. What does that mean? When you look at the sun, you can't really look at the sun. Even for a tenth of a second, you have to look away. When there's a solar eclipse, they say, don't look at the sun, put on some shades. You can't, you could go blind. Because the sun's function is not that we stand looking, staring into the sun. It hurts our eyes. It lights up everything. The shadows that come from the light of the sun makes us see people's faces, make us see the trees and the mountains. Everything comes alive because of the sunlight. I thought about how applicable that is to Jesus Christ. Jesus is not only the light of the world, but he is someone by which we see all other things. You see, why is Jesus the light of the world? 
Because when you see Jesus, you see yourself. When the Father said about Jesus, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased, that light shines on you and you say, I am God's beloved Son. I'm God's beloved daughter. You see who you are. Jesus is the light. It says in John 1, 9, he says, he is the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He helps us see who we are. He helps us see who God is. All these grotesque views of God that are, you know, are proliferated among people. People think God is full of revenge. Jesus, he dispels that myth. And he says, if you see me, you have seen the Father. He is the light of the world. My friend, this is Christ and his anointing. Don't ever limit the anointing. I get almost a little bit uptight. I get a little bit uptight. You know, when people talk about the anointing, it's like, oh, I felt it. Oh, I was in this church and, you know, I felt the presence. Don't make the anointing as puny as you feeling something. The anointing. The Christ is the power that made everything. Don't reduce it to a Sunday service where you felt the little gyrations in your left kneecap and you said, oh, that's something touching me and I'm, I'm shaking a little bit. I tell you, this is power and anointing for wisdom, for business, for relationship, for education. You have the power of him who created everything living in you. Oh, come on, give Jesus praise. Give Jesus praise. Oh, he made everything. I told you, I can even see Christ in my daughter. That's, that's why I brought these. That's why I brought these. Let me tell the dog story first. Then I'll tell their story. Check it. So, Tina and I, we went away. We don't leave our dog home a lot, but she, she's okay. And she stays in a little room that's nicely, you know, a lot of windows. And, and, and so we put her there. We had to go and preach. And she has a favorite treat. She loves peanut butter. Our dog loves peanut butter. We put it in a special big conga toy, and she has to, you know, use her big tongue to get the peanut butter out of there. And, and I mean, when we, have, when we do that, we only do it once a day because we don't want her to get too fat, you know. So, so I mean, she, she, nothing else matters but the peanut butter. Are you with me? She likes it more than bones or, or bacon. Peanut butter, that's her thing. So we went away, and to make her happy, I put her toy with the peanut butter in the, in the little thing. Because we felt a little guilty, we were leaving her for about six hours, so we give her a bigger hug. So we, we went away. We came home at 11.30, and we opened the door, and she came out, and she carries the toy. And we sit down, Tiny and I, and she puts the little toy there because she hadn't touched the peanut butter. She starts eating the peanut butter six hours later when we arrive. I thought to myself, I think God is talking to me. God is talking to me through my dog. Because everything is upheld by the Christ and him all things consist, including your dog and your cat. He's talking to me. I said, he's talking Luke 15. My dog is saying to us, I'm not going to have a, a celebration with peanut butter until the whole pack, and her pack is tiny and I. I'm not going to celebrate with peanut butter by myself. I want the whole pack here. Before I, I said, that's what the father says. He, he, he says, he says, get the party going. My son who was lost, I couldn't celebrate as somebody was missing from the heavenly pack. Somebody was gone. I had to wait. Oh, I said, this is beautiful. Some of you are so spiritual, 
You couldn't have God talk to you through your dog. But my Catholic friends understand that Francis of Assisi, one of the saints in the Catholic tradition, he, he, he believed this. So anyhow, I got somebody on my side. Uh, I think Tyne agrees. We just find it amazing. We have three big trees uh, behind our house. We sit and look at all the birds and the squirrels. They're doing stuff. It's just beautiful. Oh, I feel such a, whew, talk about feeling the anointing. I, I, I took this. Because when I was over in Africa, I was meditating on this every night. And so I was thinking about that. I'm going to go to my, the festival, and I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus the Christ, who upholds all things. So literally on my way to the car that was picking me up, we had police escorts, and then we had other cars taking me to the, I don't know why they sent me police escorts. I think I'm dangerous or something, but, or, or some security risk. But anyhow, they were there with their machine guns. But I made them all wait because there was a tree there, and I just stood there and held the leaves of the trees and think, look at that leaf. The Christ holds that together. That leaf, all those molecules and whatever is in there, they will just fly apart. But the Christ holds everything and every other tree. In it. And I said, now there's going to be people on that sports ground and that stadium that are sick in their body. And I'm going to speak healing in the name of the Christ who upholds this leaf and a trillion other leaves on every tree. And oh, I got. I just started feeling goosebumps. And I didn't even have any music playing. It was just me with a leaf. Are you with me? Can you see Christ in that? When you have a problem? When you're dealing with something? Maybe take a look at the squirrel outside your window. Or look at the, what did Jesus say? Look at the birds. There's something for you. So now even I got Francis of Assisi and I got Jesus with me too. He said, look at the birds. The more I think about this, the more support I get. Come on, somebody give a clap for this. Jesus, look, look at, learn from them. Oh, hallelujah. Are you happy? I better hurry. So I said, Jesus before time. Then Jesus the Christ at the end of time. How many will hear a little, a little bit of the end of time? Can I read this to you? 1 Corinthians 15. It says, then comes the end. Everybody say the end. Here comes the end time teaching. You want some end time teaching? Here it really is. Do you know that the book of Revelation never says this is the end? Matthew 24, Jesus never said this is the end. He only said, oh, this is the beginning of the sorrows. And the end is not yet. But here you have the one time the Bible says this is the end. So hang on to the words. Then comes the end when he, Christ, delivers the kingdom to God the Father when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. For he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under him, it is evident that he who put all things under him is accepted. Now when all things are made subject to him, when the Son himself will also be subject to him, who put all things under him, then God may be all in all. There you have it. You want to know how it's all going to end up? It's going to end up with everything under Christ and Christ under God. There you have it. Nobody's even clapping. What were you expecting? A bad story? Would you clap if I talked about the false prophet and the antichrist? And beast and stuff? Would that get you going? I'm telling you, this is the end. This is the end. This is a beautiful end, a victorious end. 
People say, we want to hear about the end. It doesn't say one time in the book of Revelation that that's the end. It says, actually, these are the things that will shortly come to pass. And the word end is only used in the book of Revelation in the context where it says that Jesus says, I'm the beginning and the end. But here is the end. It's a glorious end. Hallelujah. Everything under Jesus, any enemy that has risen up, any false picture of God that has risen up, any addiction, any bondage, any racism, any oppression, everything has been put under his feet. Oh. You know, when people talk about going to heaven, they say, well, what, what, what's heaven going to be like to you? say, oh, I'm going to be in a sailboat. I'm going to be in a sailboat for all eternity. Others say, I'm going, to have a, I'm going to have a villa in the South Pacific, uh, and it's going to be five miles an hour wind blowing all the time, and it's going to be beautiful. Others are saying, well, you know, I want to have a race car, or I want to have my, my dream house, or I want to, oh, I want to, I'm going to be heaven. It's going to be a gigantic golf club. I say, you know what I think all that is? We're just doing the best we can as humans to think about something so awesome that we can't find words to describe it, to be forever in the presence of God, to be in Christ forever, be in Him who is the Alpha and the Omega. You know why I say this is your story? You know, even Christians can be afraid of death, and we should try to live as long as possible. Can somebody say yes to that? But this will help you even to die. It's okay. You're still in the crowd. The one who upheld you, who is before you, who will be with you to the end, who will be with you after the end, you are in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. This is the cure for human loneliness. You're never alone because you're hooked up with the Christ. Hallelujah. Give Jesus praise. I got to hurry. So I talked a lot about Christ before time, Christ in nature. Then you have Christ at the end of time. But then we have Christ in the middle of history. It says, in the fullness of time, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were in bondage themselves. And this is our great Christian faith. This is our great Christian faith, that this demands God. This is God. Revealed in the Christ, who is the creative power of everything, came in a human body through a virgin's womb, and you shall call his name Jesus. Not everybody has seen that. There are many people in the world who haven't seen it, but that's the Christian faith. That's the marvel of it, that this limitless God, that this, and the universe just keeps expanding. We, we can't even, our brain can't comprehend it. But the, this is our message, that this God who is so awesome and so great in order that we could know him because we could never know him because he's too big, he came. He became Emmanuel, God with us. The Christ came in human flesh. Christ came in human flesh. And we touched him. We handled him. He is the word of life. He He, he came. And he defeated principalities and powers. And then he says, you have an anointing. You have the Christ. You know, they were looking for the Christ. It says, you know, Christ is all and in all. 
then when, when is he going to manifest? Let, let me read just a few verses very quickly. They'll come very fast. Luke 2, 11. There's born to you in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. But some were confused. They were looking for the Christ. So in Luke 3, 15, it says, All reason in their hearts about John the Baptist, whether he was the Christ or not. In Luke 4, it says, Demons came out of many crying out, You are the Christ, the Son of God. And he didn't allow them to speak, for they knew he was the Christ. Remember, Jesus says, don't tell anybody some of the things you see on the Mount of Transfiguration. Don't tell everybody till after I'm risen. They can't handle it. I'm the Christ. And then Luke 9, 20, who do you say that I am? Peter said, the Christ of God. So Jesus, a body you prepared for me, Christ came. But then, here is where we blow the lid off the pot, so to speak. And we've quoted this, but maybe it'll hit home even more powerful. Colossians 1.26, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to the saints. To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Oh. I've been pondering this. I tell you, for me, this is, I've been around, I've been preaching for how many years? I don't know, too many to count. I've been in ministry for years. I'm excited. I, I'm, I see Jesus Christ. I see his power. I see this power lives in me. What do I have to fear? What do I have to, why are people even concerned about demons? They are merely created spirit beings called principalities and powers. Do you think the one who created everything is afraid of the ones he created? It's so ridiculous that there would be some kind of a war, you know, where there's war, there's war between God and the devil. No, as long as there is no war, because a war, the word war implies that the outcome is still not certain. As long as the war is on, we don't know who's going to win. Until they signed the Treaty of Versailles for World War I, there was war. There was no peace. And it, it, we weren't sure. Maybe the other side had some secret weapon because the war means the outcome is still not decided. That's why I, something in me cringes when I hear warfare. Because it, 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 it insinuates we don't know the outcome. My friend, there's no war. There's one supreme, higher, more powerful. And in him there is nothing to fear. And everything is under his feet. He is Christ the Lord. He is Christ the Lord. Nothing to fear in him. The war is over. I'm so excited to be called a Christian. Are you? I'm a Christian. I, I know Jesus is beautiful. He's the carpenter's son, and he is our Savior, but he is the embodiment of the Christ. And I say, let's know them both, Jesus the Christ. To me, this is like, woo. Are, are you? Is this too much for you on Canada Day? Can you handle this? Is it, is it, can you handle this? Is, is the vision too grand? Is it, is it too much? Are you going to choke on the hamburger? or what, what, Are you able to handle this? Is, is it too, I mean, to some people it's just, it's just people say, oh, I, I go to church, but I don't want to be challenged. 
I just kind of like to sleep. It's my only time alone when I don't have to look after screaming kids. Well, don't come and hear Peter Youngren then because it, it, it's just too much. I'm casting a grand vision. Oh, how religion looks so pure. Every religion has a competing salvation plan. Have you ever thought about that? Every religion has a competing plan for how to get saved. <laughs> and then we want to lower Jesus to the same level. Here comes Jesus with this little three-point plan for you. Come Jesus with little step one and step two and step three. And if you do these steps, ooh la la, come on now. Our little Jesus is just a little competition to the other religions and they all have their steps and do this and turn this way and pray this way and do it that way. Oh, my friend, when our eyes are opened, when we are truly born again, I say everything smells different. The trees look different. The dogs and cats look different. And I realize there's such an infinite plan that that Christ who lives in me and in, in whom I live and move and have my being, he was there before time began. He was there before Adam and Eve messed up, before my uncle blew it, before your aunt blew it, before you blew it, he was there. And after everything is said and done, every little snotty-nosed antichrist has come and gone, there will be Christ and everything under his feet. Ooh, hallelujah. Whoa. This is not a little, we don't have a little competing, little competing salvation plan with our three steps. Do this and say this and repeat after me. My God, what have we come to? This is, this is a message for the whole world. It is a holistic whole view of the entire universe and I'm swimming in this river this Christ vision is you and me and your nasty uncle <laughs> because God is working on him too come on now yeah that's right God is working on oh this is so big that basically everything we have to do is open people's eyes People don't see it. They are trapped in their religion. And what do you think? Am I praying right? You think this is right? You are in the pale blue, pale dark. Taken with a camera from our neighborhood. Just this side of Pluto. Not very far at all. This is the message for me, for the world. And then we say, I metanoia. Metanoia is the word, Greek word, it was to translate repent. It means I change my mind. I was looking for a competing salvation plan. Something that was a little, little different twist than the other religion. They have their four or five steps. And what are your steps, Pastor Peter? I was looking for kind of the, the, the Christian twist of it. I said, we've got more than a twist, my friends. We have, we have an eye-opening revelation. We, we, we see who we are. We see, oh, i got to finish this another Sunday. Can you handle more of this? i, I, I got to land this message. I, I can only handle so much.
but something powerful happens when, when you, your eyes are open and you say, I see it. And you say, I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to say, Jesus Christ is Lord. He's both Lord and Christ. And when you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, well, you're saved. You step into a new reality and then you begin to discover things. I can't wait for the next time I'm preaching here. I am so excited myself. I might bring a squirrel to illustrate it and ask Pastor Nathan to hold it in his lap the whole time. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to get. Are, are you at, Everybody say the Christ. The Christ. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Everybody bow your head and if you can. Oh, I get to share this with my Buddhist and Muslim and Hindu friends and Christian friends and Pentecostals and Catholics and everything in between. Oh, maybe you say, my eyes are open. I want to be born again. I want to see this Christ reality. Because if anyone is in Christ, everything becomes new. All things pass away in Christ. While every head is bowed, how many would say, Peter, and I'm going to pray in a moment, you would say, Peter, I want to be included in that prayer. I want to acknowledge Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Christ. I want to acknowledge that my sins have been put away. I'm forgiven. Maybe you say, I've been drifting away, but I want to be restored. If you want to say, Peter, I want to be included, give me a signal. Lift your hand right now. How many here would say, yes, I want to be included? Lift your hand way up high. Lift it up way up high. God bless you. God bless you. Let's pray together. Would you say like this? Say, Heavenly Father. Thank you for Jesus the Christ. Thank you that I am in Christ. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Let's stand up right now. Everybody stand up here. We're going to have a powerful ending, but I'm not quite finished my part. Give me two more minutes. And we're going to have our special opera singer, our 10-year-old, I think he is, with the whole children's choir backing him up. But first of all, I want to pray one more prayer for you. Come and show me what you got here. Philip, I want to see what Philip has for me. Look at that. People are listening all over the world. People are from, I'm getting prayer requests here. Now, now bring me all the, from, from uh, we have Mumbai, India, Kampala, Uganda, Right now, we have 1.3 thousand people, uh, 1,300 people watching right now. You know that we keep airing it by, 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 by Tuesday, it'll be 50,000. We have from, uh, from Sindh, Pakistan. We have from Nova Scotia, Canada, Alberta, Canada, Singapore, Sweden, Nairobi, Kenya, Punjab, Pakistan. I'm telling you people in Punjab, Pakistan, we're going to do a Punjabi program for you real soon here. Are you excited that all these people are tuning in? Philippines. It's coming in from all over. I'll get a full report, and they'll keep, keep watching. I tell you, I feel like a young kid. I just got born again again. I'm going from glory to glory. Oh, the Christ. Oh, the Christ. And now I get to pray a healing prayer for you in the name of this Christ who upholds everything, including the pale dot. 
photographed by Voyager 1. He upholds everything, the entire observable universe and the universe that is yet expanding. He upholds everything. Do, do you understand? I, I don't understand it. I just know this is an immense power that I take in my mouth and that you take in your heart when we pray right now. If you're sick in your body, put your hand on your body right now. We are praying in the name of the Christ, the Christ who conquered everything, the Christ who is the ultimate victor. We are praying in his name, and cancer will bow for the name of the Christ. Arthritis bows for the name of the Christ. And those watching by Facebook Live right now, you participate with us. You reach out and you believe God where you are. The Christ is there where you are. Father, I thank you now. Lord, when we think about how big you are, even when I'm thinking about it this moment, and I know there are diagnoses in this room. There's cancer diagnosis. There's stomach disorders. There's arthritis. There's rheumatism and all these. We know that these words carry their own effect of fear, maybe, and trepidation and worry. But then, Lord, I put those words of sicknesses and diseases up against the Christ. And I thank you that you have given me the authority to pray in the name of Jesus the Christ. And in the name of Jesus the Christ, I speak to sickness, I speak to pain, and I say, go in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, for healing. I thank you for life. Amen. Give the Lord Jesus a big praise. Give the Lord Jesus a big praise. You may be seated right now. Just take your seat for